Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. Well, you heard it. My name is Pastor Jared. Super honored and excited to be with you all tonight. Tonight is going to be a good night. Anybody got that feeling in the room? Just tonight's going to be a good night. Yes. So if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Jared. I'm the pastor of our Access Ministry, which is our young adults ministry here at Resurrection Life Church, 18 to 30. Do we have anybody from Access in the house tonight? Let's go. Come on. We love it. We love it. To keep in step with the young adults, I'm pretty like lively, pretty boisterous guy. This might be a little bit different than uh, what you're used to on a Sunday night, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm a very lively preacher, and I really like interaction when I preach. So, you know, if you're, if you're sitting here and you're like, man, oh, that was really good, or ooh, that hit me, like, feel free to give some claps or like say like, hey, go there, or like, oh, you know, I don't know what you would say, but like, amen, maybe hallelujah, you know, something along those lines, right? Um, But that will not offend me at all. I'm super excited and passionate to be with y'all tonight. And um, as I was even just worshiping and then praying in preparation for tonight, I really felt on my heart a scripture that I believe is going to be really, really um, foundational for all of us. And um, I actually don't have this on the slide or anything, but it's it's in 1 John and it's in chapter 4, verse 18. It says, perfect love casts out all fear. And I just got this stirring, even as we were worshiping, that there's some of us in this room tonight that maybe you feel like a gripping fear. We we talked this morning about sharing our faith, right? Imparting our faith to the people around us. And Pastor Daniel absolutely crushed it. And he's talking about being involved, right? Talking about modeling it, talking about correcting people when they're, right? And all those things are so good. But sometimes we get this fear that actually holds us back from actually imparting the faith to the people around us. And I want you to know tonight that tonight you're going to encounter the love of God in a real way. And the love of God that you're going to feel in this room tonight is going to drive out any source of fear. And my prayer for all of us tonight, the prayer that I've been praying is, God, would you let, Lord, would the love of God that we tangibly feel from you, would it be so much bigger so much more than the fear we have of what other people think. Would the fear of God trump the fear of man in our hearts tonight? Yes? So I'm going to continue kind of talking about sharing our faith tonight, and I'm going to talk specifically more on an evangelistic side of things, how we get to carry and share the gospel with the people around us. And so I just, I really want to share one this is a Sunday night crowd. I don't get to be here very often. I just want to give an update. What's happening in our young adults is very, very awesome. And what God is doing in and through the young adults is very countercultural and counter what you hear. Very often you hear about, oh man, people going to college and they leave the faith. They go to, they get into that 18 to 30 and man, all that, they're just being swayed left and right. And I don't know about you, but I see in this room on Thursday nights and I see outside of this on the college campuses, Young people are coming to know Jesus by the droves. And me and Pastor Nick, he's the other pastor that oversees our young adults ministry. And what he frequently says is that the devil has overplayed his hand with our generation. 
And what we're seeing is a group of individuals, young adults, who are trying everything there is that everybody is telling them is going to satisfy them in their life. They're trying the drugs, the alcohol, the hookup culture. They're trying it all, and they're still left wanting. The enemy has overplayed his hand with our generation, and we're waking up to say that there's more to life than just pleasure. There's more to life than getting high. There's more to life then relationships, it's, there's a living, breathing relationship with God that's offered to me. And this is what our young adults are catching. But here's the thing, it's kind of dangerous. It's like, once they catch it, look out. That's all I'm saying. We have, we have one um, individual in our young adults. This is just super, super cool. In March or in January, he really got like encountered by the love of God. Just, oh man, encountered by the love of God. And about two months later in March, we were having an evangelistic outreach. And so we were meeting in one place on a Friday night. It was actually on St. Patrick's Day. And the thing that God put into our heart was actually to travel around to downtown into some of the most broken areas and to like go into those broken areas and proclaim the message of Jesus and pray for people inside of bars and inside of different places like that. And so I reach out to this guy who literally just got saved two months prior to this. He comes and joins with us and something happened in him that night. And I don't even know like really how to tangibly put it, but he caught the heart posture. He started running into guys that he used to party with on those Friday nights in these bars. And now he was in the bar and he was saying, listen, the way of Jesus is so much better. Like you need to meet up with me. I need to share with you what God has done in my life. And these young adults, when they catch it and when they get encountered by the love of God, it's, it's over for the enemy. They're like, man, I've tasted the real thing now. All of my friends, they're pursuing something fake. They got the fake fruit on the table. He's like, dude, take the real apple. It tastes so much better. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I'm so fired up and I just so believe in what God is doing. But I believe that what God is doing in the young adults is not just meant to stay in the young adults. We, we, we believed a lie if we think that the height of our relationship with Christ happens when we're 23. We believed a lie if we think that the, the best I'm ever going to know Christ or the most radical I'm going to live my life is when I'm in my mid-20s. That's not it. I don't know about y'all, but I, I want to be burning when I'm 83 years old. And I want to be seeing people saved on a weekly basis when I'm 90 I don't think I'll ever go into a nursing home, but if I do, the whole nursing home's gonna go, oh, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is what God is doing. This is what God's doing in the earth right now is he's actually raising up people who will become places of repentance. In the Old Testament, there was a thing called the tabernacle. And in the Old Testament, God was so holy and man was so not that there had to be so much, there had to be a series of laws and rituals in order for somebody to actually enter into the presence of God. But that was not God's intention from the beginning. He just, he longed to actually walk in relationship with people, but also to place his spirit inside of people. In Genesis two, he forms the dust of the earth and he makes Adam and it says he breathes the breath of life into Adam and he becomes a living being. God's intention was always to dwell in the midst of a people. And God doesn't have a tabernacle made with skins or made of stones and gold anymore, but he has tabernacles of human flesh that are walking day in and day out. 
And I believe God is raising up and using places like this to be a place of repentance. The amount of people that have gotten saved in this building, in this calendar year alone is staggering and praise God. But what God is doing is he's raising up little tabernacles who will go out into the workplaces, into the neighborhoods, who will go into the grocery stores, who will go into the college campuses and they will become places of repentance. People won't have to come to this building in order to get right with God. They will have to encounter you and then they will get right with God. And this is my prayer for us. So we would catch that heartbeat of God for the lost in our city. That God would make us places of repentance. Come on. We've been wrestling, we've been wrestling with this, this verse and kind of sitting on it for the past month in our young adults, but it's 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. And this is what we get to do as Christians. This is what we get to do. When we said yes to Jesus, that wasn't the end of our relationship with Christ. That was actually just the beginning. If the whole purpose of our life was to just to get to heaven when we said yes to Jesus, then why are we here? Like, why didn't Jesus just take us up to heaven like right when we got saved? You know, like you pray the prayer, Jesus' name, amen, and then poof, you know, like there he goes. He's gone, right? If that was God's intent, like we would all be in heaven right now when we said yes to Jesus. But God's intent was not so that, not only so that we would spend eternity with God in heaven, but that heaven would eternally dwell inside of us. And that we would bring heaven down into the earth. And we have this part to play. We get this co-mission with God. We get to labor with God in bringing his kingdom to the earth. And one of the ways we do that is by carrying the gospel. It's by carrying the testimony of what he's done. It's by being an ambassador. And the image that I get when I think of an ambassador is actually a bridge. And if you think of a bridge, like let's think of a bridge maybe over a river, right? This, this, this bridge, it has to be planted and surely planted, has to have a set foundation in two places in order to work. It has to be on one side of the river, and it has to be on the other side of the river. And if one side is a little bit faulty, you're not going to catch me driving on that bridge. <laughs> and you're probably not going to catch many people driving on that bridge either, right? There has to be a sure-footed connection on one side of the river and on the other side of the river. But what the bridge does, it is actually makes a point of transfer or a point of passage that was previously impossible. And I believe that as Christians, God is calling us to be planted two places. He's calling us to be planted in the secret place with him. To build a deep, dynamic, love-filled devotion to Christ. That's what he's calling for us to do. To build this deep love and that we would be so firmly planted, drive so deep into the love of God that it would, we would be immovable from his love. That we would open up our Bibles, not just on Sundays, but when we leave this, we would go into our room, close the door, and we would say, God, teach me who you are. And maybe there's some of us in this room, some of us watching online, maybe you've never opened your Bible before. 
And listen, I'm not here to condemn you and say, listen, all you got to do is just try harder. (laughs) No, like what I'm going to say is, hey, if you haven't started, now's a perfect time to start. (laughs) If you've never opened it, Sometimes this, this, this uh, little flip right here feels like it's like a thousand pounds in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You're like waking up and you're like, oh God, ah. okay, I think we're there. Sometimes it can be hard to get in your word, but listen, once you do, God will change your life through reading this book. And if you've never read the Bible before, this is my encouragement to you. Start in the chapter of John and pray the simple prayer every morning. Say, Holy Spirit, teach me who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, teach me who Jesus is. Watch what will happen. You might just encounter the living God through his written word. He's calling us to be surely planted in deep devotion and connection. And here's the thing, as we grow in our love for God, we're also gonna grow in our love for the lost. And God is gonna be planting us. We have to be firmly planted in our love for this world. Now, hear me right. What I'm, say- what I'm not saying is to love the things of the world. I'm not saying love the sin or love the, the, the messed up patterns of our world that we find today. But what I am saying is love those people who are caught. Matthew 9, Jesus looks out on a crowd of people and it says his heart is moved with compassion because he sees a group of people who are lost and they're scattered They're like sheep without a shepherd. And I pray that we would catch that heartbeat, that we wouldn't be okay with the people around us not knowing Jesus, that we'd be surely planted in our deep love and connection to Christ, that we would have a a source that's found in Christ and we would never run dry, but then we would also be connected and committed in compassion to this world. And here's the thing, when we're surely planted in both spaces, we have this deep, dynamic relationship with God. Jesus has genuinely changed our life. And then we place ourselves in these places of the world and we're saying, I'm not just clocking in nine to five, I'm a missionary from nine to five. I'm not just going to a university, I'm a missionary in a classroom. And I'm gonna carry the message of the gospel inside the world. What happens is the point of passage, which was previously impossible, becomes possible. The kingdom of God is able to travel through your life into the earth. Now, when we're talking about this love for God, this this verse comes up in my heart and it's in Mark 3. I believe it's Mark 3, 13 through 15. And we see here Jesus give the reason or the purpose why he called his 12 disciples. And we see both of these prerogatives kind of mentioned in here, both of these facets of relationship with Christ, this deep planted connection with God, and also this commitment into the, into the world and sharing the gospel. It says in Mark 3, verse 13 through 15, it says, and he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles so that they might be with him and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. So we see these two things mentioned. This was the purpose why Jesus called his 12 closest friends, the 12 apostles, who later in the book of Acts, it says that they turned the world upside down through their influence. What was the purpose? It says to be with him and that he might send them out to preach. And this is God's 
call to each and every one of us tonight. This is his call. Jesus is calling out to you just like he called to these 12 disciples and he's saying, will you be with me? Before you do anything for me, before you check any of the boxes, before you do any of your good work, would you be with me? Would you come and build a dynamic relationship with me? Would you experience my love and let me pour my love on you so full that I might send you out to preach? I've seen this play out in one way in my life, and this is just a little testimony of my life, but um, sometimes I get excited about uh, the things that I just do in my life, you know? And sometimes this excitement just like literally like kind of just bubbles out of me, right? So one of the things that I love to do, this is kind of like a hobby of mine, is play a game called spike ball. Anybody ever heard spike ball before? Yeah, so it's kind of a new and up and coming game, yeah. But it's a little bit like volleyball, except you get three hits between your partners and you're playing with this little ball. And there's, there's like a little round net, probably about like the size of this. And it kind of lays on the ground. And your goal is three hits between you and your partner. And then it, rather than hitting it over the net in volleyball, you have to hit it into the, this like little net, mini trampoline kind of thing. It bounces off and then the other team has three hits, right? So my, my love for spike ball is it's pretty intense, um, I've hurt many, many of myself, I've hurt others and, uh, many like nets playing spike ball. Um, very competitive person. Don't like to lose. I I'm just really believe Jesus was a winner and, you know, <laughs> just, just like to be like Jesus. You know, that's what I'm trying to do with my life. So, um, so spike ball. And so I, I encountered this problem though within spike ball is, uh, there was one big hindrance, you know, I, I could literally play this game for hours and I would be completely gassed, like really, really tired. But at the same time, like I, I would keep playing. I just love it. But the only thing that was hindering me was the daylight. Just man, like when the sun goes down, all of a sudden, like you're just this little ball. It's just like, it's not bright enough. And like, sometimes, you know, you try to swing for the ball and spike it and just like hit you in the face. And then you like set this perfect set up to your buddy and he completely whiffs it. And then you like shove him. You're like, bro, what are you doing? You know, he's like, dude, it's dark. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I guess. Okay. But praise God uh, for inventions. Uh, there, there came to be this other thing called Spike Bright. And apparently other people shared this love for Spike Ball with me. And um, they created this ball, which actually has an LED light on the middle of it. And this rim, which has an LED light in the middle of it. And so you could play even when the lights go down. And all you have to do is hit it. And this, this ball would glow in the dark. And so my solution to my spike ball love and uh, need and desire was, was, was solved. But one, of, one time, my love for spike ball was so good that I, anybody who like was wearing a spike ball backpack, I was just like, dude, that's my instant in with that guy. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Like, if you're wearing like a spike ball backpack and you're like walking around, I'm like, dude, we got to be friends, you know? Like, this is awesome. One time my freshman year, I was looking for at getting like connected into uh, campus ministries at Grand Valley State University. That's where I graduated from. And my freshman year, I'm sitting down on this like little bench. So I'm sitting down on this little bench and I'm just like watching, like, I don't even know what I was doing. I'm probably like, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. But then this guy just like walks by me or actually, yeah, he walks by me and he was wearing a spike ball backpack. And it was like literally like this almost like knee jerk response. Like I, I, it was just like what came out of my mouth. I was like, bro, you play spike ball? And he, this guy like turns around and he was like, 
yeah, I do. What's up, bro? How's it going? And like, we just start this conversation. Turns out this guy was actually a ministry leader on Grand Valley's campus. And I like got connected to the ministry because this guy was wearing a spike ball backpack, right? But I was like, I just like totally just started this random conversation, halted everything. And everybody that was in the rhyme just shouted out to this guy, do you like spike ball? So you might be sitting here and you're like, Jared, I don't know if I've heard anybody talk about spike ball that much in a sermon, especially on a Sunday night. But spike ball is, is a game that I love. It is. I have a lot of experience with it. And I've, exp- I've had a lot of good experiences and I've actually made a lot of really, really good friends. My life is, some would say, has gotten better because of spike ball. And my love for spike ball has actually trumped the fear that I have of initiating conversation with other people around spike ball. And this is where it gets real because we're comfortable talking about the things we love. We're, talking, we're comfortable talking about the lions with a complete stranger. We're comfortable talking about pickleball. We're comfortable talking about any of these number of things, the, the new makeup that we've tried or this new like supplement that we're taking like, or this new Christian school or different things. Like, we're comfortable talking about that with anybody and everybody. And we'll talk about it with complete strangers if we're passionate enough about it and if it's affected our life as deeply. So why wouldn't we talk about the one that we love and who has completely transformed and shifted our life that we would not be where we are today without him? And my prayer is, this is not a conviction. Please don't hear, like, this isn't con, con condemnation. I'm not saying you should talk more about Jesus because if you really love Jesus, then you'll talk more about him. No, what I'm saying is, if, be honest with yourself. Be honest today. Maybe you're saying, you know what? I don't really feel that bubbling up kind of love when I think about Christ. Maybe there's, there's more for us to, like, to find in Christ, in our secret place. And this isn't me calling you out. This is actually me calling you up, like giving an opportunity for you to say, I need to get in my secret place. Maybe I need to get on my knees and I wanna find Jesus. And I wanna be so in love with him that my love for Jesus trumps any fear of man that I have starting a conversation about him. I wanna be so convinced that my life has genuinely been changed by Jesus that I would want anybody and everybody to enter into that relationship with me. And that is what I believe God has for us tonight. And this in the future, God is raising up these mobile ambassadors, these mobile temples, these mobile places of repentance where we can go and represent Christ to a world who has been jaded by someone who's not even Christ. He's given us a mandate. Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20. This is the, the, the beautiful adventure that Jesus is inviting us into. It says in Matthew 28, verse 19 through 20, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is Jesus's mission. 
And he's inviting us into that mission to make disciples of all nations in every place that we go that we wouldn't just engage in a structured time of evangelism or we wouldn't just come here and let this place be the only place of evangelism, but we would live a lifestyle of evangelism. That our life, every step we take would make hell shudder because every place we enter in is an opportunity for the lost to come to know Jesus. And as I'm saying this, as I'm saying like, okay, impart your faith and share the good news of Jesus, right? With the people around, share the gospel, the good news about Jesus, how he's changed your life, your testimony, right? I can hear some of you, or hear some of you. I can feel kind of in the room, some of you are like, man, your heart's kind of beating a little bit. Maybe your palms are getting a little bit sweaty. You're getting a little bit nervous and fearful because you're thinking about maybe that interaction that you could possibly have tomorrow with your coworker and what God might be actually leading you to do tomorrow. The Jesus film, which is a feature-length film of the life of Jesus, they ran a survey in 2020 of over 1,600 people on what was the number one hindrance to you in sharing your faith. Number one, across the board, was fear. Number one, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of saying the wrong things, fear of embarrassment, fear of strained relationships, that was the number one hindrance to somebody sharing their faith. But this is what I want to offer you, to you tonight. Am I saying that none of those things will ever happen when you take the step of faith to share your, to share your faith? When you take the step of faith to share the gospel or share with somebody who may not know Jesus? No. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I will overcome the world you will experience some adverse situations. There may, be, there may be some people who reject you because of the way that you represent Christ. There may be some people who laugh at you and mock you because of your relationship with Christ. There may be some strained relationships that come because you represent Christ. But there also may be some souls who will be saved. But there also may be some people who get healed. There may be some people who thought God had given up on them because of the wrong things that they'd done in their past who will receive hope. And this is my encouragement today. When we get in those spots where we're like, I have an opportunity to share about Jesus, a lot of times the what if comes in our mind. And a lot of times they're, they're pointed toward the negative. What if, if this goes wrong? What if I don't know what to say? What if I can't misrepresent Christ? What if, what if, what if? And I would challenge us to switch the what if to the positive. What if they do get saved? What if they do get healed? What if I have the right word for them at the right time? What if they woke up this morning asking God for a sign? And I could be the answer to that. The Lord spoke this phrase to me in 2021 and it forever changed the way that I approach evangelism. He said to me, Jared, the chance of success is worth the risk of embarrassment. The chance of success is worth the risk of embarrassment. Is there a risk when you step out to share your faith? There is. I'm not saying there isn't. 
but there's also a wild chance of success that we have to expand the kingdom of God to the world around us. Amen? Amen. Come on. All right, so uh, this next part of my sermon, we're actually gonna get really practical. And uh, some of you guys, you didn't sign up for this, but here you are, so this is gonna be fun. So um, the two ways, the two things that God's entrusted us with in order to share the gospel, in order to expand his kingdom onto the earth, the two primary things that God's entrusted to us is the good news of the gospel, the message and story of Jesus, how he was perfect. He came from God, died a, sinful, died a sinner's death, and then rose again, defeating sin, death, and the devil, and made a way back to connection with the Father for us, right? That's the message of the gospel. But the second thing that God's entrusted us with is our testimony. And what I mean by, my, by your testimony is where you were at before you met Jesus, how you encountered Jesus, and then what your life is like now. So you could say that more, a little more succinctly, you could say it's your was, then, now. I was here before I knew Jesus. Then I met Jesus in this way. And now this is what my life looks like. Was, then, now. One of my good friends, he works with a missions organization um, he sh- was shared this, this tool called the 30-second testimony. And what he does all the time is he like rides in elevators or is on buses and different things like that. And he says, 30 seconds of courage could literally change someone's eternity. So he says, I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna share where I was before I met Jesus, then how I encountered Jesus, and now what my life is at, like after Jesus, just for 30 seconds of what I'm gonna do. One of this other guy's friends, he also works with a missions organization. He was flying in a plane. Um, I think it was from Florida to, I think, Pennsylvania. And on this plane ride, all of a sudden he gets gripped. Like this conviction, all of a sudden he says, I need to share my 30 second testimony with everybody on this plane. And so he like looks around. I don't know. This is what I would do if I was in this situation. I'd like look around and be like, what's going on? You know, (laughs) he's like, do people look like they're open? You know, like all this different stuff. Anyway, he, he musters up the courage. He stands up and he goes, hey guys, what's up? My name's Graham. And I don't know about you, but Jesus has changed my life. I was bound in this, that, and the third. Then Jesus met me in this way. And now this is what my life looks like. And I just encourage you, if any of you are wondering about Jesus, give your life to Jesus. Boom, sits down. His buddy, who was sitting on another spot of the plane, as soon as he heard his testimony, he gets gripped. He sits down, his buddy stands up. Hey guys, my name's so-and-so. I was here and then Jesus met me in this wild way and now this is what my life looks after Christ and I'm telling you what he said is true. Jesus has changed my life too. Boom, sits down. So he's thinking to himself, that was pretty cool. My buddy and I, like we just totally represented Christ. And then all of a sudden, a third person stands up. They had no clue who this person was. Hi, how's it going? My name's this. I was here. Then Jesus met me here. And now this is what my life looks like. Jesus is really what they say. And then a fourth person and a fifth person and a sixth person. And all these people on these planes, they just start sharing the testimony of Jesus to all of these people. If I was sitting there as an unbeliever, I'm like, are we going down? Or like, like what's, is this their last chance? Like, should I be pulling for my oxygen mask right now? Like, But 30 seconds of courage could change someone's eternity. 
And so I want to provide us with some time here to actually practice in this place. This is a safe place. A lot of us are in relationship with Jesus. If you're not in relationship with Jesus, that's okay. We're going to give you an opportunity to enter in. But we're going to provide you with 30 seconds just to turn to the person to your right or to your left. Find a buddy. Turn to your person to your right or to your left. And all you're going to do is you're going to share, I was here. Then Jesus met me here or did this in my life. And now this is where my life is at. Keep it brief. It doesn't have to be super long. I would encourage you maybe not to start. It all started when I was born, you know, but like <laughs> maybe just say I was, I was, maybe you'd say something along the lines of I was bound in depression. I had no purpose or direction for my life. And I felt like my life was useless and that God didn't want to use me ever. But then God met me and he spoke to me on a dock, on a beach. And he spoke this word to me and he said, Jared, your, your sin can be taken away. Your guilt can be atoned for. Would you come follow me? I said, yes. And now I live in the joy and the presence of Jesus and I live for him. And I have a deep and real connection to Christ. Maybe that's just super simple, super succinct like that, okay? All right? So we're gonna pair up. We'll go 30 seconds, one person share with one person, and then we'll go the other way. So after you're done sharing, you can say something like, all right, now it's your turn. Or like, <laughs> you can say, have you ever heard a story like that? Something like that. But okay, so we'll just pair up right now. So everybody pair up, turn and face your partner. If you're in a group of three, that's cool too. You can share in your group of three. Introduce yourself, share your name with them. Man, this is good. I love this. Come on. And if you're watching online right now, if you're watching online, I would encourage you, maybe you post your 30 second testimony in the chat. Maybe you right now, maybe you need to call somebody. Maybe you need to call that friend and share their 30 second testimony with them. Maybe if you're watching online, maybe you need to do something radical. Maybe you need to exit your house right now and go knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, can I share a story of hope with you? And then share your 30 second testimony. I hope somebody would take me up on that challenge. That would be awesome. But you're so included in this. Take whatever step of faith the Lord is leading you to do online. We wanna hear about it. And if you do share online, Post your experience in the chat. We want to hear how it went. Were you nervous? Were you afraid? Were, was there different uh, hurdles that you kind of had to jump over or jump through? We, we want you to be involved in this as well. Maybe some of you, I feel like actually there's somebody watching online. You need to gather your family, your kids around, and you need to share your 30-second testimony with them. So go. You can engage with us at this time as well. How many of you guys, how many guys were able to share your 30-second testimony with somebody? Yes, come on. How many of you guys have never actually tried to put to words like your testimony before tonight? Raise your hand. Come on, this is awesome. This is so good. When I was talking, how many of you guys were uh, a little bit nervous about sharing with somebody? Raise your hand. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I just want to encourage you, um, the Apostle Paul, he said one of the marks of his ministries, he said, I came to you in fear and very much trembling as I came to proclaim the good news of the gospel to you. So you're in good company. The Apostle Paul was also uh, pretty nervous and fearful when he went to go preach as well. So um, 
I just want to say that was awesome to hear all of the little, like the murmur and the rumble. It was so, so good. Here's the thing. It, what you just shared for 30 seconds, and maybe it didn't come out as flowery or as like succinct or like as beautiful as maybe you thought in your head it would sound. There's been times where I've like come up to people and I've been like, so hey, uh, um, uh, Jesus, uh, mm, you, you in? You know, like, and God somehow used that to impact people. One of my good friends, I actually met him in that, that exact interaction. So super wild. Um, but here's the thing. The more that you do it, the better and the easier it's going to become. And this is my encouragement. I might just be weird, but sometimes I actually preach messages to myself in the mirror. And so maybe you go home and you look yourself in the mirror and you say, this is where I was, but then Jesus met me. And now this is where my life looks like, right? But the more you practice it, the more you practice it, the better that you're, the more able and ready you're going to be when the time is right. And when the opportunity does present itself to you. Another practical is uh, the feeling of nervousness doesn't really go away. <laughs> and so if you're like, oh, like, oh, I don't think so. I just, I'm not feeling super settled about it. My encouragement to you was go anyway. <laughs> just go anyway. Because a lot of times you'll share. And even when you were so nervous before, you'll see God move on the other side of that. So we've been talking about the kingdom of God expanding. We've been talking about the testimony of Jesus and where we were. But maybe there's some of us in this room and some of us watching online who you have yet to have your then Jesus moment. And I don't want to leave this place without giving you an opportunity to enter into the fullest life that you will ever live. A life that's free from your sin and a life that's in line with the approval of the approval of the father. And there's some of us today that are going to step into that relationship. Jesus literally came down to this earth. He lived a sinless life because he wanted a deep connection to every single human on the face of the planet. He wanted relationship, not just a religious obligation where you check enough boxes and hope that you're good enough. Jesus said, I know they'll never be good enough. Galatians 2.16, by works of the law, no man shall be justified. And he said, I know they'll never be good enough, so I'm gonna, become, I'm gonna come and I'll be good enough. And if they would turn from their sin and trust in me as savior of Lord, then they also in me would be approved and righteous before the Father. You don't have to do it on your own. Actually, you can't do it on your own. And Jesus is offering you a way into relationship with Christ tonight. So if everyone would bow your head, close your eyes. If you're online, stay engaged. This is for you too. If that's you in-house, online, if you're saying, I wanna turn from my sin and I wanna follow Jesus as Lord of my life, I'm done trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment in other things. I'm done trying to live this life on my own. Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm broken. I'm a sinner. If you can do anything with my life, I invite you in and do something. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amazing. Raise up high. See one hand, two hand, three hand. Yes. Thank you, God. Four. Thank you, Father. Five. Thank you, Jesus. Online, feel free to respond in the chat. 
We have a team of people that want, are gonna field your responses and wanna minister with you. All right, everybody can open their eyes. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And the reason why we pray this prayer is because we're beginning a special type of relationship with Jesus. And this relationship that we're beginning with Jesus is called a covenant. And the only covenant that we in our culture observe is the covenant of marriage. But when two people enter into marriage, what do they do? They share vows with each other. And they say, I choose you and over anyone else. I turn aside and I deny everyone else and I choose you and I choose you alone to have and to hold in sickness and health till death do us part. And this is the, the same way, in the same way that a husband and a wife begin the covenant relationship with God, the same way we begin a covenant relationship with God through this prayer, this, this vow, this prayer that we make with God. And so we're gonna repeat this prayer all together. And as we do, we're saying, God, I'm turning away from all of the other things of this world, all the other gods, all of the other things that tell me they're gonna give me life. I'm turning away from all of them and I choose you and I choose you alone. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So everybody join with me in this prayer. Say, Jesus, I love you. Thank you for dying on the cross for all of my sins. Thank you for raising again, defeating sin, death, and the devil. God, I'm a sinner. I need you. And today, I make you the Lord and the King of my life. I turn my back on my old life and I follow you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, Fill me and help me to walk like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day and we will see you again soon.